of MPB Think Radio. This is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Del Moore from Affordable Solutions 601. Jess Sammons from Houseworks is out this week. But that's all right because today it's time to pop the hood and do a little car maintenance. Weather's starting to get cooler. We've had a a cold weather maintenance list that we're going to try to work through today with mechanic Allison Walker. True friend of the program, she'll also take any questions you might have about your automobile, except how to get rid of your monthly payment. And if you uh, have any other projects going on, Dale's here to help you out. So we've got contractor and mechanic right here. As always, share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. This is MPB. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Del Moore from Affordable Solutions 601. Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is out this week, but that's okay because today it's time to pop the hood, do a little car maintenance. The weather's starting to get cooler, and we uh, have a cold weather maintenance list we're going to try to work through today with mechanic Allison Walker, a true friend of the program. She's uh, <laughs> She'll also take any questions you may have about your auto, about your automobile. Uh, except how to get rid of that monthly payment. And if you have any other projects going on, Dell's here to help out. So we've got a contractor and a mechanic in today. So just about anything you need to fix, we, uh, we've got you covered. As always, share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 mpbonline.org. How are you guys doing today? Awesome. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm feeling blessed. <clears throat> feeling blessed. Ooh, yeah. I like that. That's we're good. We're both very busy. We were talking about <laughs> right. Yes. Which is right. wonderful this time of year. Dell, what are you working on, man? Well, actually, I've um, finished up a project uh, for the realtors to put on the market, and um, taking on now um, a new. Was um, that the, like the bathroom and kitchen? Remote? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That one is. Con- I'll post those uh, finished product pictures, and um, now we're. Um, Taking on a new bathroom, um, they want the, um, you know, the curve in and everything, stand-up shower and right. a lot more uh, concrete and tile work coming up. Concrete and, uh, work scares me, man. Yeah, yeah. We, it's just a list of our usual maintenance, um, roofing and, and other things. Okay. I saw some pictures from uh, Jeff Sammons the other day from Houseworks, and, and I always love this portion of uh, when a house starts coming together and they put this uh, when when they first put the wood on the side of the house to make mm-hmm. the sides of the house, then they cover it with this particular fabric, um, which uh, is the same texture and looks like a FedEx envelope. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's called Tyvek. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. So I'm looking at one of these houses and it looks like it looks like it's about to be shipped somewhere. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, what about you? What are you working on right now, Allison? Well, y'all know I paint, too, and mm-hmm. so I'm painting all this week, and then next week I'm already booked up on cars. I'm so swamped, so, which really? is great. So, like, when school starts, it usually gets a little slow for everyone mm-hmm. in in every industry, 
and uh, and then when it's just a little Except bit of chill or uh, about a month after school starts, it starts. Everyone just starts getting busy on their to do list, right. and I start getting mm-hmm. calls like crazy. So I'm right. I'm always busy through this time of year. Wow, um, I can tell you that uh, I had a I did a neat project this weekend. The wife wanted a new coffee table. Our coffee table was apparently too wide. So she told me this is the coffee table that I want, and she pointed at something. So a picture. So I looked at the picture, and then I went and uh, I made it. She the, knew you could do it. I know. I know. Isn't that cool? <laughs> so, But uh, I didn't make the coffee table. You can see pictures of it on uh, our MPB Fix It 101 Facebook page. So if you go there, you can see uh, this weekend's project, the little wood coffee table. Now i got to stain it and do all that stuff. Yeah. So uh, this morning, one of the people that works here at MPB came to me and said, so, all right, obviously the first real cold day of the year, and it's the same thing every time. Your local Firestone has got a line out the back today because everyone's tire pressure light went on this morning because it was so cold. Why is that, Allison? Uh, just it contracts the air. It's right. pretty simple science with that. So right. So, so and those lights come on with only a two to three different psi pressure difference. Right. So They're if you've sensitive. got, I and mean, we were discussing it this morning. So if your tire is uh, is one of those tires that's supposed to be set at uh, thirty two psi, mm-hmm. and let's say you go and fill that tire up with thirty two psi, exact on the dot. If it loses even a smidge, that little tire thing is going to go. Yep. Two and, to three PSI difference, right. which is nothing. It's nothing, yeah. And so so what happens if they don't do anything to that tire? What do they do? If, if that light comes on and you know it's because of the cold, you know, because it happens every year, first cold day, yeah. what do you do? Well, I'll give one tip because I've saw this a lot. Uh, people need to check your spare tire because a lot of those have sensors in it. So they'll sit there and keep airing up their main tires thinking, oh. I'm trying to get this light off, trying to get this light off. Right. And it's just the spare needed to be aired up. I see, uh, I know a lot of Toyotas have that, and I'm not sure what other cars, but a lot of them have a sensor in your spare. In the spare tire. So when it loses air, keep it, you got to keep it Good up. info. Very good <laughs> info. Okay, wow. uh, we've got Roger on the line right now, and uh, he's on the road. He's got a comment about winter cars. How's it going, Roger? Just fine, thank you. Uh, you've heard this before, but I wanted to say it because this is the topic for today mm-hmm. uh, about winterizing. An old friend of mine, uh, Henry Winstead, who's passed on, a mechanic from Florence, mm-hmm. who was a character in his own right, showed me decades ago how to uh, prevent what happened, and he helped fix it. <laughs> What's that? Uh, rodents, I assume mice mm-hmm. or squirrels, crawled mm-hmm. on top of my engine. Mm-hmm. When it's you know it's warm, it's a nice place for them to go because my car is parked outside. Right. And chewed my wires. And so mm. I had a little uh, pigtail for a... Right. Uh, you, know, you know all that. Yeah. So the way to prevent that, one mm-hmm. way, and I don't know why they don't build cars with these things. <laughs> but he said, get an old sock, stick a piece of wire through it, and hang it from inside the top of your uh, hood uh-huh. full of mothballs, plain old-fashioned mothballs. And you just, and the sock sits there, and it gives off this mothball scent, which right. you know, kind of floats down over the engine, and you'll never have a mouse or squirrel chew your wires. So, wow, oh, that's wonderful. 
That's a wonderful tip. Into your hood or stick it somewhere in uh-huh. there and just leave it, and you have to replenish it every three, four months. But right. Don't forget it when you go to drive, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> they melt. All right. Uh, thanks a lot, Roger. We appreciate that. This is a, good, this is a really good tip. Uh, believe it or not, I bought an old car a long time ago that I was going to restore, uh, and we did. It was a 63 Thunderbird. Beautiful. But uh, every single wire in that vehicle had been chewed up by rats, mice, whatever. We, we don't know what it was, but there was nothing electrical left in that car. I wonder what makes them chew the wires up. I was going to bring that up. Well, I don't know about back in the day, but I know these days they cover it with the soy-based covering that's in that. The Chinese food? Yes. The Chinese food. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. No wonder they eat the wires. Yeah. And now I I don't know if they did that back in the day, but I know for sure they're doing it these days. Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877. Seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send a uh, an email to fix it one hundred and one mpbonline dot org. We have a contractor in Delmore here today to answer any of your fix it questions around the house, and we have a mechanic this morning. Allison is here. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is here this morning to help us out with any of your auto questions. Now we talked about the winter car care, like what what you have to do. Um, we talked about that little pressure thing that happens every time it gets cold for the very first time. What are some other things we need to look out for in our cars when it starts getting cold? You know, when it starts to go, well, if you get a slow start, which mm-hmm. starts happening when your battery starts to die, the cold will, will kill it. will start killing it. It's mm. when you look at your battery, it's got a rating called cold cranking amps mm-hmm. because the cold affects your battery so much. So if you start getting a slow start, mm-hmm. you might as well go ahead and replace that battery because you're probably going to end up with a dead battery at any moment. Really? And, and wow. it, it, it happens that quick from the time it starts to when you right. are on the side. And for those of you who uh, have never looked at the battery, uh, cold cranking amps is the thing that you desperately need when it's cold outside and you need to crank your car. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's where the higher amount of power is. And on the battery, it'll probably say CCA. Yep. And it'll be CCA 750 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so the higher cold cranking amps you get, the better for on your battery. Right. Uh, so is there something that I can do to prepare? Is there any sort of, uh, let's say, oil thing that I need to do for the winter? Some people will put a little bit thinner oil. Well, don't do any anything like that. Just go by your manufacturer standards. We down here in this climate really don't have to worry about winterizing we really don't right your regular maintenance is plenty for your car down here mm-hmm. in the winter i don't even know what they've got going on up there i've never lived i've never done anything with snow i lived so up there for a while and i know that the oil heaters that they yep. had were were a big deal uh yeah. and it's it's a it's literally an electrified uh dipstick that you okay. put in there Neat. you know that that the heats up the oil while you're you know while it gets down into the zeros um so anyway all right we've got a couple of calls on the line and chris is uh is it chris is in wall is that where he is right. laurel oh laurel okay and uh you've got a headlamp issue right yeah, i uh, replaced a bulb that had blown out and in the process of trying to get it fitted uh, the new bulb blew out, mm. and when I replaced it, now the uh, light doesn't work at all. So I'm wondering, is it a fuse, or did I damage the actual fixture changing the headlight? 
Sounds like fixture. Um, possibly. You probably blew a fuse, though. Maybe it sh- it shorted it and blew that fuse. Um, so check your fuse on that. Did it end up making both headlamps not work or just one? No, just the one that you know had already blown out. What kind of car is it? What year make and model? Uh, 2012 Volkswagen Jetta. Oh, I, I don't know what headlamp setup they have on there. Um, I, I don't know what to tell you on that, Chris. It, I, it, maybe the maybe you can replace just the small fixture in there. A lot of cars you can, but with these newer ones, you've got to replace the whole headlamp. Now let me ask you: Are those so LEDs or incandescents? Oh. Um, yeah, I just you know went into my local AutoZone and bought a you know a right. small bulb to, to change out. I, gotcha. I, I think it was an LED lamp, but I'm I'm not sure at the moment. Right. Okay. Um, well, LEDs tend to not blow out. There's usually an electrical problem behind those. But an incandescent, of course, it does at some point. So uh, I'm not sure. Might, is, is it might true that, that um, the grease on your fingers could um, affect the, the light bulb? It does. It? it creates a heat spot, basically. So right. you put leave well, that little oil in there and it, and it blows. I was careful not, not to touch the bulb. But, yeah. you know, even at that, when I put a new one in it, you know, the new bulb should work. And it's just nothing now. Well, I'm thinking that uh, the easiest thing to check is the fuse, obviously. And you can you can check in your user's, user's manual or online to find out exactly which fuse is controlling those lights. So you can look at that very easily. And you know what? Don't even look at the fuse to see if, if it's bad or not. Just, just replace it. it. It's a buck fifty. You know, and, just and, do it. And see if you got any corrosion around where um, the, the bulb fits into the, um, the harness there. Just there you go, or a loose connection. Mm-hmm. Check Agreed. out, check out how tight that is. All right, Chris, we uh, appreciate it. Hope, uh, hope you could uh, get something from that. Check that fuse and that harness. Appreciate it. All right, uh, we're going to continue our discussion after the break. Are you having car trouble? That check engine light just won't seem to go off. That's so annoying, especially when the cars are running fine. Let us help you as we have mechanic Allison Walker here in studio taking your questions. Also, Dale Moore is ready to help you with anything DIY you got going on. Call us with your questions, comments, or whatever. 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Del Moore from Affordable Solutions 601. Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is out this week. And today we are in the garage or shade tree for some with mechanic Allison Walker. Also, if you have any other projects going on, we can help out with that too. Join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Kind of weird. We had this uh, thing where some mice were chewing a wire uh, on a car from a caller earlier. And we've got another call on the line right now with Harry. He's on the road, and he's got a comment about those mice chewing the wires. He with More us, Harry? Mice? <laughs> Harry, you with us? I'm with you. Can nope. you hear me? Yes, sir. Already, the thing about the wiring is, mice. In the, if you have an older car has been in storage, uh-huh. like, you know, a lot of times they have mice get in. Mice like to chew everything. 
is a company out there, out there called Payne's Performance that makes wiring harness for most every old car there is. If, they, if, if you have a car that you're working on that's like, it's like, a, like a hot rod or something, uh-huh. they have a universal kit you can also use. You know, you get to wire it yourself. It comes with a fuse block and everything. It's a pretty, pretty cool company. Oh, cool. You can buy the uh, wiring harness. I think you can get them in most parts houses, but they also have PaynesPerformance.com. Say that name again. Painless Performance. Painless Performance. Okay. There, every single wire on that thing is written on it, what it goes to, and the wiring harness. They're, wow. They're all color-coded, and they have a, the writing on the wire itself. That's nifty. That's a great thing. Now, newer cars, and I can't say about it because most of them are computer-controlled, but your older ones, right. Painless Performance can hook you up if you need a wiring harness. I mean, it's just complete. It's like, like, like a factory wiring harness. All right, man. Hey, it, appreciate it. It's covered in metal. Thanks for the tape. Um, to keep you know to keep him from biting through or anything. Yeah, well, I don't know. And maybe he's just saying a replacement. Oh, it's just a replacement? Yeah. yeah. So they can eat it again. One thing yeah. I did want to say, right. <laughs> well, you know, everybody's got to. Maybe you should just wrap them in aluminum foil or chicken wire or something. You talking about the mice? No, no, no. The, 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 the wires. They like the, the, the Chinese. You know, okay. The noodles. So anyway, anyway. <laughs> The fuses, we were talking about fuses before the break, and uh, uh, before our caller got off the line, he asked, is this something that I can do, change the fuse in the car? Let me tell you how much you should do this, because if you take your car in to get a fuse (laughs) changed, you're into the hundreds, and that's silly. Because it's just pulling out a fuse, and let me—I let me, know that sounds ridiculous. I think they overcharge because it's such a simple task. They well, in the do. newer and the newer cars, okay, there are two or three places typically where the fuses uh, rest in the car. Uh, one of those is is within the engine cavity, and 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 there's a little. Sometimes there's a little square box on top, and a lot of times. On that square box, either on the top or underneath, they actually have a guide on there of which fuse does what. You know what I'm saying? It'll say, okay, this fuse goes to your air conditioning, or this fuse goes to... Then there's another fuse place that typically is uh, under your dashboard right to the left of your steering wheel. And then sometimes there's one over on the right uh, on the opposite side of where that is. And sometimes they have them under the back seat or in the trunk. You have to look for them. But you can find them, mm-hmm. and it, typically all you need is a flathead screwdriver to, to pry, pry the little covers off. Um, and what you need on a lot of new cars, on the bottom of that lid that covers the fuses, they have a little plastic and metal tool that's actually Fuse in there. Puller. Yeah, mm-hmm. and all it does is it pulls that fuse out because they're very close to each other. There's no way you can get your fingers in there. It's too tight. But you can use this fuse puller and pull that out, and it it just takes seconds. And it's like usually a, white, so it's very noticeable on that black background that your fuses mm-hmm. are on. So, mm-hmm. and, or it'll say fuse puller and point to it. So right. To, and to and the neat thing is, is that uh, folks, like I said, if you go to any of those uh, <clears throat> retail car stores, you know, uh, you're O'Reilly's, uh, AutoZones, whatever. You can get packs of those things for nothing. And yeah. if you suspect a fuse, don't even try to look at it to see if it's okay. Just just put a new one on. They're too the cheap same to worry about. Too. 
Yeah, yes. So if if it says your AC is uh, a 30 amp fuse, you want to put a 30 amp fuse back in. You must put the same size back in. If it keeps blowing, you got a more serious problem. Right. Probably some wires. And, and also, like I said earlier, check to see if any corrosion or anything is on those fuses. Or just burn pulling spots. them out can clean off that corrosion. So if you take a fuse out, look at it, put it right back in, test your component and mm-hmm. see if it's working. Because sometimes it just cleans those connections right. off. But if you've never DIY'd this before, this is something you can absolutely do. It doesn't take any particular strength to do or uh, major knowledge. Um, anyway, Super easy to YouTube. Okay, uh, we've got a call right now. Andrew's on the line in Diamond Head, and he's got a comment about manuals. And you know, I was talking about manuals early, looking it up. What are you, what are you talking about, Andrew? Uh, just a quick tip for everybody out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm mechanically inclined. If, if you're you know, used to getting your hands dirty, you're kind of less afraid to do things. But I've mm-hmm. always found that owning the Haynes and the Chilton's manual to every car I've ever owned and the truck I'm driving in now has always been the quickest way to alleviate fear about whether or not I could pull something off or do it myself. You know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, that's YouTube a really great, but it kind of just having the official manual makes you feel a little bit safer when you're trying to attempt something, you know, uh-huh. and I think that'll help people out who, who maybe not don't have the, uh, mechanical background. Right. But they feel that they should have to repair something. Yeah. Folks, Hayes that's how and I Chilton are books that are made for individual models of cars that basically tell you screw by screw how to take that thing apart and put it back together. Um, and they're sold in every auto parts store. They're right, awesome. Right. Yeah. And the, the the neat thing about it is that it really can teach you uh, how to do it. And it's also very helpful. What they, what they do basically is they take a picture of, say, any particular part on your car, and they have a drawing of this part taken apart. So mm-hmm. you actually know how many things go in this. So, okay, if I had four screws going in, uh, when I put it back together, I need to have four screws, you know, so it, it actually gives you that. Um, it's now not, they come with the video of the CD, um, a video um, of uh, the, the book. Yeah, yes, yeah. the book oh, and wow. the video now. Well, it's funny because the manual that you get with your car is more important about programming the radio than it is to fixing any mechanical issue. Yeah. That's what the Chilton uh, and Hage manuals are for. This detail. Mm-hmm. And it's for your car only. Right, right. All right, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. It's 877-672-7464. Okay, Allison, here's here's a big thing that we hear every year around this time of year, and a little bit earlier, actually, is the type of gas. And I think this is a really interesting thing because people will say, oh, we're running the summer blend or we're running the winter blend. And we're like, blend of gas? <laughs> what what? Is it different? Well, I remember that question coming up on a previous show. I think yes. it was the second one we were on, mm-hmm. and and I didn't know about it. And it was there where you could put in a, a winterizing mm-hmm. uh, formula in, into it, mm-hmm. which I didn't know about. And I can't remember. Exactly, do you remember exactly what that was? Uh, probably seafoam, I would think. Uh, but, yeah, it could. It probably seafoam makes it. Right. Makes but it my, my, my thought was they actually do the, the, the gas companies. You know, if you go and get gas, you know, Texaco, Shell, whatever, mm-hmm. Chevron, you, um, you, you can, certain times of the year they serve the summer blend, and certain times of the year they serve the winter blend or, or the warm and cool. And <clears throat> they, they fire a little different, they work a little different in your car. 
So you might notice some interesting performance issues between summer and winter running. Uh, any thoughts on that, Allison? I've actually, I've never experienced it or, or really familiar with it. And I'm trying to remember what the person was that called in about it. He well, asked about it. Well, it. it was a little um, um, thicker, a little leaner in okay. the in the in the winter, I believe. And in the summer, it's it's a little more watered down, something of that nature. And oh, he was saying to add something to it during the summer. Yeah. But I, I think. Anyway, we'll move on. Uh, Timothy's on the line in Louisiana with his question about manuals. Are you with us, Timothy? I got a statement on manuals and, and an encouragement of everybody to get the dang manual for your car. <laughs> oh, I yeah? I bought my Scion XB. Uh-huh. I bought the factory manual for it, which is a heck of a lot different than a, a Chilton's or any of those others. Right, the right. The factory manual has everything, the part number, and the exact order to take stuff apart and put it back together. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's two volumes. It cost me 175 bucks. Uh-huh. Wow. But I moved to uh, the boonies in Louisiana and couldn't find anybody to work on my Scion. Uh-huh. And I am so glad because I have pulled and rebuilt that engine myself. Wow. Have you called and, us before, Timothy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally I, called I, us. Okay. Off the grid now. I He's our off-the-grid fella. In the swamps. Them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I All right. Timothy, thanks a lot, man. We appreciate it. All right. And don't forget to look at the manual in the dang glove box. It'll tell you where the... The, the uh, I tell my customers are. that all the time. Right. Read your owner's manual. Right. All right. Oh, Thanks yeah. a lot, Timothy. Appreciate it. Let's go to Mike in Ridgeland, and he's got a question about washer fluid. You with us, Mike? Yes, I'm here. So what's going on, man? I have uh, the the windshield washer fluid in my uh, front windshield won't come out when I when I try to wash my windshield. This is a Toyota Sienna minivan. Mm-hmm. It will come out of the rear washer. Uh, and when you pump it, you know, it, it makes a sound. You hear the sound like maybe it's, it's pumping, but mm-hmm. nothing is coming out. And I thought about maybe is it the fuse, but the fuse, but the owner's manual uh, shows that the same fuse runs the front mm-hmm. pumper or the, uh, as, as, the, uh, as the back pumper. Do they have the same reservoirs? Well, Mike, did you check yeah, the, the hose, the, just the hose itself? Maybe it came loose? And maybe you might have to take a part of the cowl off to to look at it all, but just want to check that way the hoses are running and make sure everything's tight there. Have you checked yeah, that? Yeah, I have not done that. Check yeah. that. I'm thinking that's probably all it is. And then when you it, one quick way is you may see it just spilling out somewhere instead of yeah, you know, yeah. coming out through the windshield wipers. I would check that in a possible clog, but I doubt it. But that's probably what it is. Just the hoses come loose or or corrode or fell apart. Great. Yeah, those marks. Right. Thank you very much. You're Thank welcome. Thank you. And uh, for those of you who don't know, it is a good idea to use washer fluid in those. And the reason being, it'll freeze, right? Yep. (laughs) That happened to me um, the last winter. I had uh, regular water in. Uh I was skiing up uh, ice flakes and slushy. (laughs) Like, man. So, yeah, I, I learned that lesson. Yes, uh, definitely use the correct fluid. Okay. And that goes for the coolant in your engine, too. I think everyone knows that. I know a lot of people, when they start having a coolant leak in their car, they're refilling they it with water. water. Never, ever mm-hmm. do that. Use 50-50 until you get it fixed because you're going to corrode the parts in your engine, mm-hmm. your water pump, your main, your water mains. And, of course, for the winter, you need that protection against it freezing. So. Wow.
That's right. Well, we'll continue our discussion after the break. Are you having car troubles? Well, we can help. That check engine light just won't seem to go off. We got it. Let us help. We've got mechanic Allison Walker here in studio taking your questions. Also, Del Moore is here, ready to help with any DIY stuff going on around the house. You can call us with your questions, comments, or just call us at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Fine here with contractor Del Moore from Affordable Solutions 601. Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is out this week. He'll be back next week. Today we're in the garage or shade tree with mechanic Allison Walker. Also, if you have any other projects you're working on, you can give us a call. Join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Okay, Stephen's on the line. He's been waiting for a little while. Stephen, on the road, talking about jump-starting. What's going on, Stephen? Well, good morning. Uh, I always love listening to you guys on Wednesday morning as I make the track from New Orleans to Mobile every Wednesday. Well, we appreciate and, uh, you listening. Enjoy listening to your show, and I love Allison. She sounds great, and, <laughs> and I always love it when she's there. However... <laughs> Uh, my car is about six years old, and it's one, of course, that the, the lights are always on until you turn the car off. Well, here recently, when I turn the car off, I don't notice until a day or two later when I get in the car to start that the lights obviously had stayed on, and I have to have the car jumped off. Hmm. So I don't know if it's gotten to the age to where the lights are not going off like they're supposed to when they turn the car off, if there's a switch somewhere that I need to push or pull or, or whatever it is I need to do. But this morning, I started to leave the French Quarter, and I had to call somebody to come jump me off. And uh, that's a crazy place to have to call anybody to do anything. Yes, anyway. indeed. Well, what year, make, and model is it, Stephen? It is a, a 2012 Kia Sorento little SUV. Okay, and so are you talking about your over your lights, your your cabin lights inside the car that are no, staying on? I'm talking on? about the the headlights. The headlights are um, always on until I turn the car off. Now I know I can set the switch to where they don't come on when the car comes on, but I just like to drive with them on. So I I, I, I I'm so used to doing that, I forget to. to Do you think it may be your don't. battery is getting old? They usually go bad in about two years these days. Two years? Wow. Yeah, because they this. One time this th- happened, I was, I was at Orange Beach. And, uh, oh, oh. Ugh. Did we lose them? Yep, yeah, yeah, okay. So, sorry about that, Stephen. Now, um, in some cases, like you were saying, that little switch, you know, it's they got have auto. A, yeah, yeah. And, and it also has, um, like, a time limit. Like, you can have them turn off in uh, 30 seconds or a minute or five minutes. And um, you have to make sure what the setting is adjusted on. And sometimes if you're using it, you can bump that switch and turn it from um, turn off in uh, 30 seconds to right. just stay on all well, the time. It's real sense. It's like three well, ways in you one. Can also, the, the sensor for those lights is usually on your dash. And if you have stuff on your dash covering that light, it's going to think it's dark. Uh, Keep the lights on. That's something to, to think that's about. That's a neat idea. 
Good that for might you. Be my problem. That's okay. so much on the dance. Yeah, uh, don't yeah. put stuff on your. Yeah, because if you look, there's little sensors up there. Right. Number to call is 877 MPB ring. Let's uh, stay on the phone and go to Aaron and Tupelo is having a uh, hot water heater issue. Aaron, you with us? Yes. Hey, how y'all doing? Good. What's going on, man? Um, yeah, um, my, my, I noticed my my heater wasn't getting warm, so I checked my breaker, and my breaker was like halfway, so I flipped it back over, mm-hmm. and the heater came back on, and then it, later it flipped back off. So mm-hmm. um, I kept on doing it, and then it, eventually it just let me just keep it over. You know what I'm saying? It didn't flip no more, but the water was still cold, so... What I did, I put the breaker off, and I took it off, and I hit the reset button, and then I uh, screwed it back up, and I cut it back on, and the water was still cold. And then I noticed that at the top of where the, where the wires are connected, at, it's sizzling, like, you know, it's making a, like a yes, like sir. bacon sound. I, oh, could almost, I could almost guarantee you that when you kept flipping the breaker on that that was going to happen. Uh, what you're doing is that you're forcing power to go through those wires at that point when the appliance has already told the breaker, no thanks. Something is going on. Something is wrong. Yeah. So uh, definitely, first of all, turn that breaker off, like, now. Uh, It's off. Okay, good. (laughs) Because that was a a fire hazard waiting to happen. Um, You might need a plumber to come out and check that element on there and and just make sure that um, it sounds like the hot water tank is going out, maybe the element. Or, so a plumber can handle electrical on an electrical water heater. Well, they install those um, um, hot water tanks, you know, mm-hmm. usually. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, those, you yeah, know, it's no problem for a they're plumber. They're accustomed to doing, uh, the, the folks that do the water heaters are typically accustomed to doing the plumbing that goes along with that. Yes, uh, and, and, and the electrical. Don't call an electrician. Okay. No, no. Now, can I Makes just sense. do it myself? Like the elements only got like two screws, right? Yeah, um, you could um, check it. Do you have? Do you have? Well, before we say you could, do you have some uh, some some voltage testers, right, to see uh, if the proper voltage is going through? It's, it's certainly equipment. Now you could be troubled. You're just guessing if you you don't know if it's the um, the, the element, element itself, right. and it's it's probably more than one in there. It could be an mm-hmm. upper or lower. It is. So um, usually that's what the testers do, um, let you know which one is um, going out and not getting, you know, not uh, responding like right. it should. But now, depending on the age of the water tank, you might want to just change both of them at the same time anyway. Mm-hmm. And what, what those wires uh, smoking and that kind of thing going on, Aaron, what that tells me is that there's a a, 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 a possible ground situation going on. And when you flip that thing, it's it's turning that power back around on itself, and and you definitely don't need to turn that on. That that appliance is telling you it doesn't want to work. Okay, that, do I test it with the power off? Would I would I take them little things and test it with the power off? Or would I have to cut the power off? Well, you can test and see if a circuit is good with with power off. Okay. Now, um, different testers will um, allow you to do that. But you might not want to uh, invest in something like that if you it, – it all depends. Now, me, myself, I have plumber friends that, that would just eliminate the guesswork. Probably the same as buying those testers, and then you would know for sure. Um, one service charge, just, you know, and, and you could still change it yourself, but you would have a professional opinion on it. Someone put eyes on it and look and see if it's rust or corrosion. 
Yeah, Aaron, that's a good thing because what I think the an initial charge for a uh, a contractor to come out, and I know I know you're trying to save money here, but if it's just someone coming out and telling you what they think should happen, um, and they might be able to tell you this is what's going on with that breaker also. Yeah, uh, but but it to me it sounds like you're in need of some professional help because of that electrical issue that's going along with this. I mean, it may be that when you turn that breaker on. The the water heater itself is electrified, and that's spooky. Yeah. So, um, so you've got to watch that. Yeah, yeah. Allison it's like just a very interesting bath. Is right, that what you're saying? Yes. The and, last and, time, and, and it depends on the age of the hot water tank. It could be time to replace the whole unit, right? If there's any rusty or corrosion there. All right, Aaron. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the question. We're going to need to move along though. Chad is on the line, and Vicksburg has got a question about brakes. Just replace mine, Chad. What's going on, man? Uh, well, I have an older car that um, it has manual drum brakes all on the front and back. I'm and sorry. I'm to find out about putting disc brakes on the front. Uh, about I don't know if I have to change the whole spindle out or to make like a conversion kit or something. This is an older car where that has drum brakes on the front that you want to change to disc on the front. Is that what you yes, said? Ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Honestly, I've never I've never dealt with an older car like that and changing that. We need a hot rod. We need a classic car. That's what this is. This is a 1968 Roadrunner. So there you go. If, yeah, I would imagine yeah. you have to change that spindle out. Definitely, oh. I would. I would. I would think so. But we need a hot mm-hmm. rod, classical car pro well, for that. I'm sorry, Chad. I'm too young. <laughs> That's okay. I did. I never. I, I we had what, disc brakes everywhere by the time. Well, I when when I, I, you know what, I uh, Chad in my earlier days, I changed a couple of drum brakes, mm-hmm. and and you can have that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll get rid of it. Right, right. <laughs> you can definitely do it. Right. Yeah. But I would. Uh, you know what? Let's open the phones if there if there's a hot rod enthusiast out there that has done this before. Give us a call eight seven seven MPB ring eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Appreciate it, Chad. All right, uh, let's go back to Lloyd on the phone, and he's got a question on those manuals. What's going on, Lloyd? I just wanted to make a statement about the, the manuals. The uh, gentleman was talking about his Volkswagen Jetta, and I've actually owned several of them. Uh-huh. Uh, I've, uh, when I first bought one, I bought the Bentley, which is a lot more in-depth. I, I truly believe that the Chilton and the Haynes are excellent for beginners, but... Mm-hmm. If you're going to drive older cars uh, and try to do any maintenance mm-hmm. yourself, spend the money, get the get the good manuals. And uh, another thing that I got was uh, it's from Ross Tech, and it's a program, and they actually send you a uh, a connector to go from your PC. To the where they connect under the dash, you can reset your own check engine lights if you're having trouble, if your engine's not running right. Man, now you're uh, cooking with gas, Lloyd. Well, I mean, it, you know, the, the price of one visit to a, a shop who half of the time don't even fix what you took it, you know, they'll get the light off and then. That's a good idea. I I do recommend that. I I can't do it because I work on so many different cars. I have to use all data, uh, you know, a a labor guide. 
But yeah, for your individual car, you can you can get a program from all data or whatever with mm-hmm. all the information that a mechanic has just for your car. Right. And they charge an annual fee, I think, for all data is like seventeen dollars mm-hmm. or something like that. Or this Ross Tech where it's where you're actually reading the with the, through a scanner. Right. Which is neat. Right. Yeah, I've looked up codes before that uh, I got on a little scanner that I bought that you can just mm-hmm. plug in under your dash mm-hmm. and you can look up the codes online for and and they're there you know it's not it's not yeah a big you deal. get an idea mm-hmm. of what people did already to fix yeah. that code right mm-hmm. all right we're going to take a break real quick folks uh and uh you can give us a call at 877 mpb ring and uh are you having card trouble if you've got a question about that allison walker is here the mechanic Also, Del Moore is here if you've got a question about some sort of DIY issue you're working on. 877-MPB-RING is the number to call. It's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Del Moore from Affordable Solutions 601. Mr. Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is out this week. Today we're in the garage with Miss Allison Walker, mechanic. Also, if you have any other projects going on, we can help you out with those too. You can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. Let's get to it, folks. Before I go anywhere else, we've got to talk to Lloyd real quick in Jackson. He's got a comment about that water heater situation. The guy called in, and it's not making his water hot. Lloyd, are you with us? Yes. So what was your comment, sir? Well, he really needs to get that checked out, but I heard somebody say something about the ground, and that's what it wound up being because uh, I had a situation where the the water, the water in, input was sparking. It was flaming. Mm. And uh, I called the fire department, and, and they, they laughed at me when I first told them what was going on until, until they saw it happen. And then they told me to cut off all the electricity. Right, I had right. A, a electrician come out, and uh, he wanted to charge me an arm and a leg, and then another guy came out, and he told me, no, man, that's a ground wire. He, he, he grounded into something, and... Right. Okay, great. Uh, that That's fantastic, Lord. We, we'd mentioned that there was a possible ground issue that was uh, throwing that breaker. Uh, and I and I really think that that might be that guy's problem. Though. Don't, hey, if you're still listening, man, don't turn that breaker back on, really. Okay, let's go to uh, Kathleen in Osaka. And uh, you've got a power steering leak, Kathleen? Yeah, and um, I almost lost steering in the van. Luckily, I was only a few blocks from the house. I made it back, and it's been parked all week, which is not good. So what what do I do first? Because I added almost the whole thing of fluid, ran okay for a little while, and then it seemed like it was going to act up again. So this is dangerous. You, mm. ju- you need to have a mechanic look at it and find out where the leak's coming from. It could be from your rack and pinion. It could be a, a power steering hose. It could be from uh-huh. out the pump itself or the reservoir. 
So you you okay. need to find out where the leak is coming from. Okay. Start at the beginning. That's your next. Yeah, that's that's your next step because you know you're losing okay. it. You know you're losing fluid. What's the usual yeah. suspect, Allison? What, 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 a, a, hose, a, a hose. The hose from the power steering pump to the rack and pinion. Okay. But when you find when you see some type of trace under there, would it be all greasy and Yeah, and, oh yeah, it's really obvious. She's very obvious. Or what you do is you turn the car on and move the steering wheel back and forth and as it's pumping in you can see right where it's coming out. It just you get a flashlight out. and look up there up under the car behind the engine, up from the lines from the power steering pump to the rack and pinion. And it's okay. usually a, uh, it's usually a high pressure hose. Right. All righty. Low pressure. Is, Thank you all so much. You're Thank welcome. you, Kathleen. Appreciate it. Okay. Let's uh, move it along here. We got one for you here, Dell. It's a new dishwasher and water heater question. Fred is on the line in Flowood. What's going on, Fred? Good morning. Um, we right. thought we were smarter than the average, and we decided to get rid of our, our tank water heater and got a tankless right. water heater. And it, it doesn't seem to deliver hot water consistently for a long time. Um, it's broken, Fred. That's the whole point of a tankless water heater. The, what, yeah, it should be just running whatever off. whatever it is that you had was either installed improperly or is not working properly because that literally is the whole point of a tankless water heater. Well, that's that's what I thought, and what we've been doing, you know, if I'm if I'm washing something by hand, mm-hmm. the hot water will come on and it'll be fine for a while, but then it'll turn cool again, and then it start it starts that cycle all over. No, it's it's not installed properly, Fred. Um, really. Or, or 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 that unit is defective, but that is absolutely not how that. that so it's supposed to have hot water, period, constantly, and, and never run out. I mean, it takes it takes a second for the hot water to get to your spigot, you know, or whatever mm-hmm. you know, faucet or whatever. But once it comes there, but once it comes out, it will never stop as long as you've got good gas lines going to it or electricity, however you're doing it. Um, if it's wired up properly and plumbed properly, Fred, it will mm-hmm. never stop giving you hot water. Interesting. What about because the distance? Sometimes we found that to be a problem. Has been with with the dishwasher, uh, the packets that you put in the, the soap dispenser, they dissolve sometimes, and sometimes they don't. And sometimes, if they dissolve, they don't all wash away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking that's because of water temperature. Right. Well, first, first, uh, well, it's not necessarily from water temperature, but we had Timmy from AC Remedies on one time. You need to run that thing like three times without any detergent at all. And and get all of that stuff out of there. Uh, that kills dishwashers. Is all that detergent back up? And so you we, recommend like a liquid dishwasher? Well, we use uh, and, and and Timmy mentioned this before, but we all use a little bit too much dishwashing detergent. Okay. Um, yeah. Meaning in the machine, the machine stuff. So and they make the little pods that you can put it in there, but even that's a little too much sometimes. So. Um, yeah, you need to run that like three times, Fred. But okay. your, your water heater issue, whole different issue, and something is wrong. Very you think good. he bought a, uh, the cheaper version and this is the outcome? No, no. Even even a bad water heater uh, or a tankless water heater, the whole purpose for its existence is to have constant water. Yeah, it's so, hot. Yeah. All right, thanks a lot. We appreciate it, Fred. Go look at that. That's going to be a big deal by the time it comes around. All right, uh, Brandy is in Long Beach, and uh, Brandy, you've got a check engine light? Yeah, um, I have a 2004 Dodge Ram 1600, and the check engine light just keeps coming on, you know, just sporadically, and it always stays in ECR valve, but we've replaced it actually 
twice because we thought the first one was maybe the What was it you replaced? EGR valve. EGR valve, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know if it's connected in any way, but the truck sometimes falls out and dies the first time I drive it after filling up the gas tank. Okay. Um, what, what you might have is a wiring problem. This is why when, okay. So when you get a check engine code, yes, a lot of times it's going to be what that code says. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a lot of times where you actually have another problem that's causing that code to come on. Oh. If that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. a vacuum leak says the mass airflow sensor is getting out of range. So you think you have a mass airflow issue sensor problem you place right. a very expensive component when it, it check engine light comes right back on right you need to you need to take it to a good mechanic um that will go through the diagnostic process that you're supposed to go through for every check engine code that's the difference between checking a check engine light and fixing it at home and taking it to a good diagnostic mechanic that can go through the steps and all data mm-hmm. or whatever uh labor guide they're using and go through and test each component to find out if it's a wire, if it's a ground right. issue. Something's not opening and closing that EGR valve correctly. So it's not the EGR valve itself. Something's not telling it to op- operate correctly, whether it's the wiring to it, whether it's the the PCM to the car is telling it to read wrong. How did, did you, uh, uh, Brandy, was this replaced by you or a mechanic? Uh, my husband and I replaced it. Your husband, okay. When you did that, did you reset? Did you leave the? Uh, did you reset everything? The lights, the uh, the computer. Well, we I guess we didn't, and but then afterwards we had to bring it in for a recall to the dealership, mm-hmm. and so we brought it up to them, and they said that they would check it out, and they're like, oh, for sure, it's your EVR valve. We would yeah. need to replace that again, and we're like, well, we just replaced it. They said they'd mess with it, they'd clear the code, and then it still right. just comes back on. Well, you'll need to send us an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org for more info. Sorry we can't get to more of that, but it's over. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Liz Gill. For Del Moore and our guest Allison Walker, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for Everyday Tech and join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.